Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome to the Wednesday edition of Game Misconduct. I am Don LaGreca. Well... Here we are, a day before Thanksgiving, and palms are sweaty, nerves are at a fevered pitch. Why? Because it just seems like in the salary cap era, if you're in the playoffs on Thanksgiving Day in the United States, the likelihood of you making the playoffs are astronomical. Now, why? We're only 20 games into the season. Why would this be so huge? Why is it so important with some teams having as many as 63 games left Would it be so important to be in the playoffs in American Thanksgiving? Well, here is the stat that in in the salary cap era, teams that are in playoff position on Thanksgiving Day make the playoffs, stay in their position, or do not fall out of the playoffs 77% of the time. Unbelievable. That's 77% of the time for both the four-division format and the six-division format going back to the salary cap era, which was the 05-06 season, which is a huge sample size. So that's incredible. Now, we've got games today. There's 15 of them, so there's going to be some movement. But you take a look at the standings right now, and let's say for sake of argument you're the New Jersey Devils. Haven't made the playoffs since 2018. You're sitting in first place in the Metropolitan Division by eight points. You've got 32 points. You're on a 13-game winning streak, which is tied a franchise record, plus 29 goal differential. Your chances of making the playoffs are astronomical, despite the fact that going to tonight's game against Toronto, even if they were to lose the game, they have 62 games left in the season, and the likelihood of making the playoffs is through the roof. Same for the Islanders. Missed the playoffs last year because of COVID and 13 consecutive games on the road because they were waiting for UBS Arena to be finished. They'd be in the playoffs because they've got a nice cushion as far as the wild card is concerned. They're tied with Carolina for second place, and they're three points ahead of Pittsburgh, who's on the outside looking in. So if you've got two teams who didn't make the playoffs last year that are in right now, and let's count three because Detroit technically right now has the last wild card spot, a point ahead of Pittsburgh. That's three teams that didn't make the playoffs last year. So what does that mean for Pittsburgh? What does that mean for Florida? What does that mean for Washington? Teams that are on the outside looking in right now that made the playoffs last year. Now let me talk you off the ledge if you're Pittsburgh and Florida. Okay, Like we said, 77% of the time. That still leaves a good quarter of the time at least that teams on the outside make it. Now, logic will tell you that it's the teams that are just barely out. Pittsburgh, one point out. And, and let's face it, let's see what happens tonight. they got to take on Calgary. Detroit's got to take on Nashville. Maybe it's Pittsburgh that's in and Detroit that's out. Florida's only two points back. they got to play on Boston tonight, and Boston never loses. But the point is, is that the fringe teams, 
they're the ones that'll probably be that 23% that still make it. But for the teams who are comfortably in, like New Jersey in the Eastern Conference, like Dallas right now with a a, a nice five point cushion falling out of the playoffs, you know Seattle right now that's a top three team in the Pacific Division. You know, those are the teams that have to feel pretty good that they're going to make the playoffs. The Edmontons who are tied with Calgary, Nashville with twenty points. Those are the teams that feel like they can be that other twenty three percent. But if you're San Jose, if you're Chicago, if you're Vancouver. I'm sorry, it probably feels like your season's over. Same thing with uh, Philadelphia, who are dropping right now. Even though they're only four points out of a playoff spot, they've only won twice in their last ten games. The team that I warned you about at the beginning of the season, that I didn't feel like was a playoff team, and I might be right, is Washington. They've played 20 games already. They'll play tonight against Philadelphia. They've got 17 points. They're five points off the pace, but a minus 12 goal differential. Horrendous on the road at 2-6-2. Two, decimated by injuries. Washington may be one of those playoff teams, the traditional playoff teams, that might end up missing out on the postseason. Minnesota might be in a little bit of trouble in the Western Conference. Now, they've got games in hand, and they're only two points out of a playoff spot, but the minus five goal differential is a little disturbing. Goal differential. We've talked about this a lot on game misconduct. Teams with a plus usually make the playoffs. Teams with a minus do not. Right now, every single team, as we start play tonight on Wednesday, November 23rd, every single one of the teams has a plus goal differential. Every one of them. Now, you've got some teams teetering, like Detroit's a plus one. Carolina's a plus four. You know that's going to improve. Tampa's a plus three. You know that's going to improve. Toronto's a plus five. You know that's going to improve. The only team that's on the outside looking in with a plus goal differential is Pittsburgh at plus six. Florida's even and everybody else is negative. Kind of interesting. Now, you flip over to the Western Conference. The only team that, or there's three teams that would make the playoffs with a minus goal differential. L.A., minus six. St. Louis, minus six. But they just had an eight-game losing streak, followed up with a seven-game winning streak. That's probably going to improve. Calgary with a minus two. Every single team on the outside is a minus. So, why, uh, the West is the outlier because they've got way more teams under than over, but that's going to balance itself out. But you look at a Dallas team, top of the Central, plus 19 goal differential. Colorado, plus uh, plus 21 for Dallas, plus 19 for Colorado. Those teams are legit. Vegas, legit as well, at plus 22. So uh, little indicators, even though we're very early in the season, but anybody that tells you that doesn't follow hockey, well, it's such a long season and everybody makes the playoffs – BS, all right? It's a 32-team league, 16 teams. Half the teams miss the playoffs. And because of all the three-point games, it's really difficult to move up. So that's why these games are so important. The regular season means something. It's not the NBA where you've got these play-in games where 20 of the 30 teams make it. All right? It's not baseball where there's 162 games and it seems like it lasts forever and there's time to move. 82 games, a lot of three-point games, doesn't make for being able to make huge jumps. Now, there's always outliers, right? New Year's Day 2019, the St. Louis Blues were the worst team in the NHL. They won the Cup. So don't ever feel like there's no way you can't buck the trend, but acknowledge at least that there's a trend, and it's something that is pretty pretty interesting and I think a lot of fun to follow, and it just kind of cements to me as somebody who's a defender of the National Hockey League that it's tough to make the playoffs, and sometimes good teams 
don't make it. I grew up in a 21-team league where 16 made it, the top four in each division. Heck, I saw teams with 66 points make the playoffs. No more. So you can argue, well, you're, you're not good if you don't make the playoffs, but I can also argue that points that are lost in October and November that seem like no big deal could very easily come back to haunt you. And all these regular season games are exceptionally meaningful, so you got to pay attention to them. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Last night, there were two games. Good on Buffalo. Jeff Skinner with a couple of goals. Beat the Canadians 7-2. Rangers with a nice come-from-behind victory. They looked flat and out of it the first six minutes of the game. Gave up two goals, including one on the power play. A goal 35 seconds in by Fiala. But eventually, the Rangers got their sea legs. They were the better team at the end of the first period. Scored three goals in the second. Kako finally gets off the schneid. Five points for the kid line of Kako Lafreniere. Um, and Heedle in that second period. They give up the lead on a Walker goal, but they come right back 54 seconds later. A great play. Zabanajad off the end boards to Kreider with the one-timer to retake the lead, and then Kreider put in the empty net to win it. Rangers have a chance tonight against the Ducks to take seven of a possible eight points on a Western swing. I don't care how bad some of these teams are, including the Ducks tonight, who have won five games. Zero in regulation, if you can believe that. You take the points where you can get them. Rangers, one of those teams teetering. This could be a good road trip and a turning point road trip, but you got to get the game tonight. Uh, also tonight, 7 o'clock, Leafs in New Jersey to take on the Devils. Devils have a chance to break the franchise record for consecutive wins. They tied the record with the victory against Edmonton back on Monday at 13. you got to go back 21 years, the last time the Devils have had a winning streak this long. Devils win tonight. And they get to 14. You start thinking about the record of 17 consecutive, but they already had beaten the Leafs. If you remember last Saturday, they blew a lead late, won the game in overtime. Very interesting game tonight. Oilers continue this Eastern swing. They'll take on the Islanders tonight after I played the Devils on Monday. They'll be in New York to take on uh, the Rangers on Saturday afternoon. I'll have that call with Dave Maloney. Looking forward to that. Kind of fun to watch those teams play Important game out west in the Central Division between the Jets and the Wild in Minnesota. Carolina trying to get things going, have a chance to do it against Arizona as Arizona continues this unbelievably long road trip. Boston, they are just unbelievable. They sit in uh, first place in the Atlantic Division. They'll take on a Florida Panther team that just reeks of average, right? 9-8-2. We told you an even goal differential they'll eventually get better. Speaking of average, two average teams with with Calgary and Pittsburgh to take on the Penguins. Uh, The Blue Jackets, who are fading fast, will take on a Canadiens team also fading. Blues will look for their eighth consecutive win in Buffalo against the Sabres. That's a good spot for the Blues. Buffalo had played against Montreal last night. Nashville and Detroit, that's a big game for both of these teams who are teetering on the playoffs. The Washington Capitals, just any hope against a fading um, Flyer team. That's the TNT game. 8.30, Blackhawks at the Dallas Stars. And then a slew of 10 o'clock games. We told you about the Ducks and the Rangers. 
Senators continue their western swing after a loss to San Jose the other night. They'll be in Vegas to take on the Golden Knights, who are just terrific. Seattle as well, playing um, good hockey, although they did lose their first ever overtime game against the Kings the other night, going up against the San Jose Sharks, who just love playing on the road because their home record has been a mess with just the uh, two victories so far. And Vancouver, also fading, will be in Colorado to take on the Avalanche. Well, we usually do this on a Friday, but because we're not going to have any podcast on Friday, it's the day after Thanksgiving, I've got the day off, and my wife would kill me if I carved out time to do a podcast on my day off, and we're taking the kids to see uh, uh, Snoopy. So I'm not going to be able to do it on Friday, uh, just being honest with you. So why don't we do the top five here? I don't know. Don LaGreca's Friday Top Five. Yeah! Well, five is always the toughest one, right? Because there's just so many teams that you can choose from. But I'm going to go with those Toronto Maple Leafs, despite that loss to the Devils the other night. 6-1-3 and three, uh, in their last 10. The plus five goal differential is not great, but they're starting to play a little bit better, more consistent hockey. And they, I think, are the fifth best team in the National Hockey League right now, especially with the way they're playing. I have them at number five. Number four. How about those Dallas Stars? First place in the Central Division, plus 21 goal differential. They've been pretty good at home at 5-2-1. and one. Uh, They're getting healthier now. Uh, they don't score a ton, but still, they can defend well. They're getting goaltending, and it doesn't seem to matter whether they're home or on the road. Uh, they're playing uh, pretty well, and, and Heskinen, once he comes back, uh, they're going to be even better. Dallas Stars, a very dangerous team. I've got them at number four. Number three. Well, the Vegas Golden Knights, again, continue to cruise. They've settled down just a little bit after an unbelievable start, but still 7-2-1 and one in their last 10. They've been unbelievable on the road as well, 9-1-1, one, and one, getting scoring from a ton of places. They remind me a lot of that first-year Vegas team where they weren't heavily relying on one person. They're rolling a bunch of lines. They've been absolutely terrific. Eichel is becoming just a star there in Vegas. Plus 22 goal differential is also the third best in the National Hockey League. So I've got the Vegas Golden Knights at number three. Number two. Well, we're climbing right up the tree, and it seems odd that they're not number one with their 13-game winning streak, but I'll explain why in a moment. But the New Jersey Devils are in the top two. Again, the second-best goal differential of plus 29. They're good at home, 8-2. and two. They're good on the road at 8-1. and one. Tie a franchise record with 13 consecutive wins. And every night it's a star, but there's one player in particular that is becoming an absolute stud, and that's Nico Hishier. And you saw that against the Edmonton Oilers the other night where he looked just as good as Connor McDavid, as difficult as that is to believe. He's very difficult to take the puck away. He's a playmaker. You couple that with what Hughes is doing, what Mercer's doing. Tatar's had a great start to the season, getting points from their blue line. And it really doesn't matter who's in goal because the Devils never give up the puck. And when they do give up the puck, they're all over you to get it back. It's a puck possession league, and the Devils are as good as anybody at it, and I've got them at number two. Number one. It's just difficult to get off the Boston Bruins, right? I mean, yeah, they've won seven in a row. That's like half of what the Devils have been able to do, but they've only lost two games in regulation all year. They haven't lost in overtime. They are 17-2-0, 34 points. They are undefeated at home at 11-0-0. Their two losses have come on the road, a plus 40 goal differential. It's unreal what the Boston Bruins are doing. I know Devil fans might get upset, but really, how can you talk yourself out of the – 
Boston Bruins not being the best team in the National Hockey League. And congratulations to them on what has been just an unbelievable start to the season. So congratulations to them, and I have them at numero uno. All right, let's get to your tweets here at, at Don LaGreca, hashtag game misconduct. Let's start with JJ, and he says, who has a better chance of making it to the cup, Rangers, Islanders, or Devils? Also, quick idea for a daily Don. Top five freak accident injuries in New York sports history, Plaxico Burris, David Cohn, dog bite, etc. Uh, we can get to that at another time. Uh, you know, it's it just hard to ignore what the Devils are doing, right? But you just wonder if the goaltending is good enough, and with so much inexperience in the postseason, can the Devils make a run? You've got the Islanders that if you take out last year, they went to the Final Four back-to-back years, and they're pretty much the same team they were those two years. And the Rangers were within whisker of going to the Stanley Cup Final last year. So it's difficult. And as hard as it's going to be to say, I think that's your order, Rangers, Islanders, Devils. The Rangers, I think, are equipped to make a deal. I still believe at some point they're going to be in the market for Patrick Kane or a right-winger. Uh, that you're starting to see they're getting better. Um, the Islanders, again, Barzell had a couple of goals the other night, but their goaltending is spectacular, and the Devils have just been unreal. But I'm still going to keep it that order, Rangers, Islanders, and Devils, because there's something about experience, and the Rangers and the Islanders have it, and the Devils don't. But if this thing continues the way it's going, it, it, it's really hard to believe that you can't uh, include the Devils in any kind of conversation about a championship. The Yankees and Penguins says, hi, Don, what do you think about these reports that Joel Quinville wants to come back and coach? I'm not surprised. Um, how, what's the line? How long do you have to wait before he gets another opportunity? You know, the heinous situation that happened in Chicago and the punishment was well-deserved. Um, and, of course, he lost his job in Florida because of that. But how much time has to pass? I don't know the answer to that question. But I do believe Joel Quinville is going to coach again. It's just a matter of what team is just going to say, I don't care about the protests. I don't care about the slings and arrows. It's been a couple of years. I'm going to give him that chance. I really thought it might have been Lou Lamarello with the Islanders during this past offseason, and it wasn't. They went with Lambert. Um, you're going to look at a team that might feel like they've got a chance to win, and they make a coaching change. They may be like, you know what, PR disaster be damned. He's going to be back in the league. It's just a question of when, and I don't know the answer to that question. David Hines says, now that you've gotten a call, a recent Kraken game, what would you say is the key difference to their step forward this year besides better scoring, better defense, or simply just better goaltending? And it's been better goaltending. Uh, Martin Jones is a guy that you know just seemed lost in San Jose, lost in Philadelphia. He's found a home with Seattle. They've got a lot of structure. I was never a big fan of the Hackstall hiring when they became a Spanish expansion team, but he's done well. Um, they don't have an absolute stud, but they're, they're, they're quick. Uh, they can roll four lines, but if you ask me the difference, the difference is in goaltending. Um, Eamon Smith says, is UC Soros' stellar play inadvertently setting back the Predators' franchise by keeping them afloat at the edge of the playoff race? I know this whole tanking, trying to get a better pick, but, you know, they've got some players on that team. Forsberg is a good player. Duchesne is a good player. Um, and obviously, you look at their blue line, they've got really good players uh, on, on on defense. Uh, so Soros plays well. I think it's important for these non-traditional hockey markets to taste the playoffs and be competitive. So, no, I don't think he's setting them back at all. Davis says, how can the Rangers trade for Kane given their cap status? Well, clearly... 
The only way to do that is to s- convince Chicago to take on a lot of his salary. That, that, that's what you're going to have to try to do. Now, is there anybody the Rangers can trade to alleviate any of the salary? I don't know. I mean, you're, you're, you know, Ryan Reeves is obviously somebody that's become a spare part. And we just got word that Ryan Reeves has been dealt. What, do you have any information, Anthony, on that dealing? Or just that he has been dealt? Yeah, no, it was uh, Ryan Reeves to Minnesota for a fifth-round pick, no salary retained. So that's okay. one off the board for the Rangers. And do you know off the top of your head, without me looking it up here, how much money they would save? I'm thinking in the, what, 1.5 range? That's what everybody's saying, and Vince Mercogliano is reporting that Reeves re- requested a trade yeah. when the Rangers were in L.A., obviously. He hasn't played a lot, so it kind of makes sense, and uh, he has a familiarity with the guys in Minnesota. Uh, yes, Reeves he does. does. And, and Minnesota can use that little bit of toughness. And quite frankly, the Rangers don't. You know, there was a point where he was a great police officer for this team, but I think that ship has now sailed. We've removed ourselves from the incidents with the Islanders and the Capitals a couple of years ago during that COVID-shortened season. Reeves has not been playing. He's been a healthy scratch now, what, five, six consecutive games. That fourth line for the Rangers with Carpenter centering, centering Blay and, and Gauthier does not deserve to be broken up. The guy I really feel bad for is Kraftsoff. He's healthy, but there's no place to put him at all. But uh, listen, I, 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 I like Ryan Reeves, but he wasn't playing, and there's a little bit of salary cap relief. So I was thinking along the same lines, but now Reeves gone, frees up some money. If you can get Chicago to take on some of the money, you might be able to make that work. So good job by the Rangers, and, and congratulations, or not congratulations, but good on Ryan Reeves. I like him. He's a good guy, and good luck in Minnesota. At least he'll get a chance to play. So, a little bit of news with Ryan Reeves getting dealt, and how about it happening immediately, right here at just barely 2.30 before the start of the Michael K. Show in our meeting, that we got a little news, and I'm glad we were able to get it into the podcast. That's good stuff. So, great job out of Anthony Pusick uh, by giving us that, and what he's done uh, throughout the uh, broadcast here, producing this extravaganza. Thanks for everybody participating with the tweets. So, listen, everybody have a great Thanksgiving. Be happy, be healthy, and celebrate all the things that we're thankful for. And enjoy some time off. We'll get back into the hockey on Monday. Hopefully, we'll be able to hook up with EJ and be able to uh, get him on for his Monday uh, stint there. But enjoy all the hockey. Tons of games tonight. We'll have games coming up uh, on Friday. It's kind of weird. The Rangers always seem to play the day after Thanksgiving, and it always seems to be on the road, and they always seem to be traveling. But the Rangers are not playing, but a slew of games on that day. And as I said, on Saturday afternoon at Madison Square Garden, 1 o'clock, I'll be on the call for the Rangers and the Oilers with Dave Maloney. So we'll talk to you again coming up on Monday. This was the Wednesday edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca.